0: Good. Nice to be with you, Bob. Good. Uh, How uh, how studied up have you been uh, forced to have become on all things related to uh, the COVID-19 and the pandemic over the course of the last 17 months or so, given uh, everything that you've gone through? It's been crazy, eh?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously... uh you know, you gotta, you gotta know. You know, obviously we get the memos from the uh, from the from the league and and uh, uh, talk to Doctor Naidu and TD Force, our team doctor. Uh, do they, you know, the, they're, they're, they they sort of lead it for us. So, uh, you know, I, I'm learning lots uh, about COVID uh, uh, every week. Yeah, and uh, today you
0: informed uh, uh, the media right off the get-go about Duncan Keith after a uh, tweet last night from Ken Campbell. I'm not sure he's still with the Hockey News or not, but just regarding that Duncan Keith would miss the start of training camp, that he is in quarantine. Now, in quarantine, uh, translation, he's recently been to the United States, and you also confirmed that he uh, he he'll, he will be back vacu- Just just to to extrapolate he will be vaccinated and ready to go for the start of the regular season is that correct
1: that is correct
0: yes okay and your belief at this time is that only one player at this stage will not be vaccinated because that's sort of the number one story around the hockey world with all organizations we're just looking at one one player who's not going to be uh uh ready to play or not not ready to play but uh, will not be vaccinated
1: that is correct. Yeah, we, we we as you know, once the season gets going, we'll have one player that uh, um, will not be vaccinated. And obviously, being on a, a Canadian team with the uh, with the the quarantine rules coming back from the U.S. to Canada, where there's a 14-day quarantine, um, certainly it's going to make things very difficult.
0: Uh, is this a situation, Ken, uh, where you? Uh, the coaching staff, and perhaps the players' peers have approached the player. I mean, everybody's allowed to have their own personal political views on life. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is it is a team. Is it, is it still a possibility that player could be vaccinated by the time the Oilers have their two road games in the third week of October?
1: Well, I mean, but it's hard for me to handicap what somebody's thinking, but certainly um, what I've done here you know, we've talked about Duncan Keith, you know, Duncan, you know, I'll lead this into Josh Archibald, you know, you know, I, I had a number of conversations, uh, all week, 10 over a week ago with 10 days ago with Duncan, when he was here and over a few days. And, and, uh, you know, ultimately I think after he gathered all the information, I think it's like I said today at the press conference, Bob, I think, I, I believe there were 70 to 90 players in July that were, that were not vaccinated. right I, I, and, and, you know, Bill Daly said yesterday on the Board of Governors call that it's single digits. So, you know, 70 to 90 has turned out to be 5 to 9. And as you've gotten closer to camp and closer to camp, and, you know, as, as time has gone on, uh, the vast majority of the unvaccinated players in the summertime made a decision for whatever reason. They've got their own reasons to to get to get vaccinated. And certainly, I think there's a small number of players around the league that are unvaccinated um as we speak right now we have one of them and you know i i spent some time with him uh last uh, earlier this week just kind of walking him through the calendar and and all the um you know the things that are going to affect uh, the way he can do his business so that the player is educated um uh, as part of his information to make his own decision.
0: All right. Well, you did mention Josh Archibald and we, we should qualify this by saying Tyler Bertuzzi uh, today, you Steve Eisenman, who you know quite well, mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi, but it's a different situation for Bertuzzi. The most amount of games he'd miss is 10. Theoretically, uh, if it's Archibald, and you mentioned Archibald, we're, we're looking at, as you said, anywhere from 34 to forty, you know, 38,
1: 39 games. So it's a completely different situation. So we'll, yeah, we'll, I mean, it's much more difficult than being a Canadian team. Um, yeah. Obviously, we, we, we play... You know, what do we play, 50, 50 more more games in Canada? You play 50 play, in Canada,
0: 32 in the U.S.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, we got to go back and forth across the border multiple times over the course of the season. So, uh, obviously, it's uh, going to be much different playing on a U.S. team versus playing on a Canadian team uh, being unvaccinated. Now, there is one other caveat to
0: this, Ken, and that is the Canadian protocol could change on unvaccinated individuals coming into Canada at some point doesn't look like it's going to change in the near future but maybe by the the winter it could change it might not be a 14-day quarantine
1: you're looking at well I mean you know Bob that's just what I have said a minute ago you, you know those 70 to 90 players in July that were unvaccinated know, over the course of two months they gathered more information or the or, or the information never changed right and but as time marches on, as time marches on, uh, the information that you get, or if the information doesn't change, might affect the way a person thinks. So that's that's why you know what what sometimes what you look at today is 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 is, is different than two, four, six weeks from now, We're or joi- two months from now.
0: We're joined by orders General Manager Ken Hald. So again, we'll continue to monitor this. Uh the reality is how differently can do you feel about your team right now than you did each of the last two seasons? Like for each of the last two years can many of the pundits had the orders on the outside look at it in the playoffs. The team finished 12th and 11th overall the last two seasons, second in the division they were in the last two seasons. You're going to I don't know if you've already spoken to the players this morning, maybe you do that later this afternoon, but is there an expectation that hey, you know what? We got to take that next step from 12th and 11th to to being a, a, a top a team, Given some of the additions that the team uh, the teammate. made, is that maybe? I don't want to get too much into what you're going to say, but is that am I am I thinking the right way there?
1: Well, we've already had our meeting this morning at eight o'clock. So you know, I, I addressed the team and and Tip addressed the team, and um, you know, I would say to you, Bob, you know, and I I I, I told the the team this when i you know i was at the press conference in march uh, may of 2019 and i you know i think i set the expectations for the 1920 season that you know when the calendar turned to march the first we got to be in the race we got to be able to control our own destiny we're not you know we're not many lots of points behind and and we could play our way in certainly you know after watching our team over the last two years you know we were you know, I know we were in our own division, but we had the we had the number one. We tied with Washington for the number one um, road points last year in the National Hockey League. Like there's there's 31 teams. Like it's 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 uh, you know. So we've accomplished some things. I thought the Winnipeg series last year compared to how we played in the in the Chicago play-in series over the last two years. Our team has evolved. Um, I think that that you know the core has gotten two years older and more into its prime. Um, the addition of some young players coming, pushing through the system, Jesse Pugliarvi and and uh, Kyler Yamamoto. And this year it'll be uh, Bouchard and and uh, McLeod and and uh, you know obviously with the additions, the moves that we made in the uh, in the off season, our aspirations are are far greater than they were. Um, 2 years ago and I, I I think that's the evolution of your of your of 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 a team and, and and certainly when I got here the core was 2 years younger you know Connor was 22 Leon 23 I think Darnell 24 well they're now 24 25 26 and new just this prime and we we've, we've added some guys that are that are in their mid to late 20s uh you know Tyson Berry uh, Zach Hyman uh Cody Cece um, obviously we 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 brought in a veteran defenseman in in Duncan Keith, but we've we've tried to make our team a little more experienced, a little deeper. Um, you know, Fogle's what twenty six years of age. So we've got, we we we've got established players. So certainly our expectations are over the course of eighty two games are to be more than just a bubble team that hoping to get in. Now we got to go play. Now there's there's eighty two games to go to go to go prove. um, where you fit, but certainly, uh, I think the evolution of our team. You know, we the last couple of years we've been good on the penalty kill, and I, you know, we were what number one and number two in the power play two years ago. I think last year we were one and nine, and you know, I think we've gone from we were, two years ago we were fifteenth in the league in goals against, we were twelfth in the league in goals against last year. So we're evolving, we're evolving, we're and we've we've added some pieces, and uh, again the hope and expectation there's that we that we can take another step.
0: Ken points percentage last three years twenty. 20- 25th, 12th to 11th. Goals for 20th to 14th to 7th. Goals against 25th to 15th to 11th. Power play 9th to 1st to 1st. Penalty kill 30th to 2nd then to 9th. Save percentage 27th to 14th to 7th. And I want to go to save percentage. We know Alex Stalock, he said this morning, unlikely to be available this year. Uh, Stuart Skinner was your main starter last year in the minors. Um... We'll watch his progression. Just a thought on, you know, there were question marks at this time of year last year, actually further on, but, you know, when, uh, when we got going in January about the combination of Smith and Costant, they're one year older. But, Ken, they ended up with the 7th best save percentage in the league. So just a thought on your goal, today.
1: Well... I've been comfortable with the goaltending for the last couple of years. I think, you know, somebody asked a question this morning at the press conference about, about Mikko Koskinen, like two years ago, he had a nine seventeen saves percentage. And and last year, you know, and I was, his family wasn't here for the first half of the year. They couldn't get into the country because of, because of COVID. And, and he made a decision. I think he only came over and like, it was just before Christmas. And the first day of camp opened was his first day out of being out of quarantine. So he had a goalie that sat in a hotel room for 14 days. And then we had, I think, eight days of training camp, no preseason games. And then we started playing games. And he played on the opening night. Mike Smith um, tweaked his knee in, in, in warm-up. And, and Koski, I think, played 11 of the first 12 games. Again, and his family's not here. No preseason games. One week of training camp. Um and I think, I think that uh, I thought that he played, uh, played some good games, and he didn't play uh, some good games. But that's sort of what preseason's all about. We didn't have a preseason. And then Mike Smith came back, and Mike Smith played, what, about 32? I think he played 32 games out of about 45 or 46, 44 games. So um, I thought, again, our team was seventh in the league in goals against... Lots of that's on the goalie, but I also think it's on the it's on the defense. It's on the team defense. It's on the mentality, and certainly, um, um, the, you know, the goals against saves percentage. But it's team defense is obviously starts in that, but it's also a, a mentality of your entire group. And I think that we've gotten um, much better defensively over the over the two years. We compete harder. Um, Away, away from the puck, and, and and from a goaltending standpoint, I'm comfortable with our goaltending. I think our goaltending over the last two years has given us, uh, gives us a chance on, on over 82 games, most nights, to win. They're going to have their off nights. Everybody has their off nights, but they uh, we've got a good one-two punch, um, and when, if one guy has to run the ball for a little while, he's comfortable running the ball, so certainly we're built... To be a two goaltender system when Smitty's thirty nine and Koski's thirty four, we don't have that one guy that's going to play sixty or sixty five games. So you can look at that as a positive or a negative. We got two guys we can go to, but we don't have that one, you know, the the guy that goes out there night after night after night after night after night. Um, but for the most part, most teams, many teams are like us where they've got a two goal two goalie system. There's only about eight or ten teams I think that have the the you know the the one. The one guy that that, that that dominates the net most of the time. It's it's sort of the way the, the, the league is now.
0: Ken, just two more questions for Edmonton Oilers. General Manager Ken Holland, Bob Stauffer with you. By the way, last year, Klaus an 899 after 917, and Mike Smith went from 902 to 923. Those guys could both end up in the same range, and if they're around 910, 911, 912, save percentage, you're probably finishing top eight in the league. Uh, I want to I want to talk a bit about the opportunity because that Duncan Keith will not be in camp for the first week. You mentioned today Chris Russell's out, Samarukov broke his jaw. There are some opportunities for some young defensemen to get uh, additional playing time especially early in preseason. Just a thought on what you specifically saw out of two guys, Broberg and Berglund, uh, in uh, the rookie games.
1: Well, in the two rookie games, <laughs> excuse me, they were, they were. I thought the first rookie game uh, we 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 had a tough time in the first period. I thought we played really good the last two periods, and then we went to Calgary on Monday, and I thought much like we sort of controlled the game the the second and third period. They did that. Uh, they did that. To us. You know, I thought, uh, you know, Broberg, excuse me, uh, Bergland, he, 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 you don't really notice him. He, which is a, he's safe. He makes a good first pass. I'm, we're really looking forward to watching him in preseason. He's obviously 23, 24 years of age. He's been around the, the Sweden Hockey League for the last three years. He's a little bit older. We're trying to get a, an understanding that once we start the year uh, with whatever defenseman we decide to start and we send some defensemen down to the American League, if we have injuries we need to call somebody up, the coaching staff wants to get a look at some of these young defensemen in preseason to sort of get an understanding, an idea. Of what they could do, Berglund's one of those guys. In Broberg's Broberg's case, you know he's he's 20 years old. He's he he he's going to have to come in here over the next eight games and to be on the opening night roster, he's going to have to grab a spot. He's going to have to take somebody's job because I don't want him to be a sixth or seventh guy. Uh, I believe young players need to play lots of minutes in order to to, to to fulfill their potential. And if you're just playing, you're a healthy scratch and you're sort of just practicing or. You play in a six-hole, and you're scared. You know, you play 12 minutes. You you play not to make a mistake. You don't get to to develop into whatever your potential is. So, I'm looking forward to watching Phil in uh, in preseason. I would expect that uh, probably Broberg will play four, five preseason games. Berglund probably three, four. So we'll get a a pretty good look at him. And uh, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I'm I'm anxious to watch these uh, these young defensemen play in NHL preseason games where, uh, you know, players are fighting for jobs. One final one for Oilers GM, Ken Holland.
0: Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Ken, um, there are other organizations that are fully vested and have heavy analytics departments. Uh, the Oilers do have a couple guys working on analytics, but sometimes is it more important to maybe have key pro scouts that drive part of that analytics discussion? Because I I got a a fair amount of feedback from some guys sort of in that end of the the hockey business, and they just said it was interesting that you guys uh, targeted Hyman and Fogle because of their ability to drive net and drive play in the offensive zone, that they're amongst two of the top five players in some key statistical categories. So did you have, uh, a, 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 you know, was there a push from a couple of your pro people that, that were aware of those sort of numbers that were an additional reason why Zach Hyman and, and Warren Fogle were targeted?
1: Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, and basically yes. Uh, you know, uh, one or two of our pro scouts, um, you know, as a part of being a pro scout, they go to games and they put in reports. But they also, they also, you know, they also dig in. You know, my my um, one of the pro scouts is my son. Now he's, you know, he's forty years old, so he's younger. He's more analytic. He's 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 in, in analytics. And then Justin Mahe, who heads up our analytics department when we give him you know we being um you know the hockey people you know, the Ken Hall and Keith Gretzky uh, Archie Henderson we, we we but Dave Tippett you know they from a coaching perspective Justin will uh, will dig in and, and and dig in way deeper on the things that we want to um have a digger d- deeper dive on from an analytical standpoint so you know certainly we make decisions based upon What we see, what we watch in video, um, but but on on I'm not going to tell you on every decision, but on most decisions, certainly the analytics component is um, is part of the decision making process. And at the very least, you know, if 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 the analytics are different than what our eyes tell us, then we do a really deep dive. But if the analytics, you know, that we go to sort of dovetail with what, 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 what we're thinking, certainly we feel we feel better about it. But analytics is part of our decision-making process.
0: And we should mention that Brad Holland previously worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs and had a history of Zach Hyman. And the people that reached out to me at times have been critics of our organization, of uh, the, the Oilers in, in terms of being behind things. And they were on this, I mean, within... 24 hours, even though it was all out there, that you were getting Hyman, the addition of Fogle as well sparked a couple of uh, texts that I got from a couple of teams, specifically in the Eastern Conference, saying, H- has there been a
1: change of focus there that those were the two guys they targeted? So that, that intrigued well, I think, me. I think, Bob, I think, Bob, you know, Bob, to answer that question, I think I talked to you about it this morning. Certainly when we analyze our team, and I, I said today, you know, the process is the season's over. I talked to all the players one-on-one. And then and then I gather the information from the leadership group. I it's their opportunity to tell me what they think. I ask them questions. Then I go and I meet with our pro scouts, Dave Tippett's involved, the head coach is always involved in that. And and we, we go through the four or five, you know, I think five days of, of analyzing and, 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 and what do we want to do better, what are we looking for. And certainly we knew we wanted to get deeper up front. We we gotta go to the net harder. Um We want to forecheck a little bit more. Um, We want to cycle a little bit more. We want to add more dimensions to our game. Um, We want to get more depth of scoring. So certainly um, re-signing Nugent Hopkins, uh, signing Zach Hyman, making the trade for Fogle, obviously looking for continued development out of Jesse Pugliarvi and Carter Yamamoto, uh, you got Zach Cassian in there. You know where we think that we're deeper. We think that we're deeper up front. Now it's got to happen. I can I can I can blow out some hot air here, but it's got to happen. But certainly that was the the off season plan that we put together when we went out to to made the deal. Certainly for Hyman and Fogle was to try to bring some dimensions to our team that we thought would enhance our team and bring dimensions that maybe we we needed to. to, to to improve upon certainly going to the blue paint going to the blue paint and getting in on the four check are something that those two those that that's what those two players do and we're hoping and believing that it's going to um, make our team deeper and better and and a little more well-rounded
0: Ken you gave us 20 uh 20 plus minutes thank you for your time
1: thanks Bob.